shining a light on autism and life as an autistic person. Welcome to My Friend Autism, a podcast breaking down barriers, stigma and misconceptions around autism while increasing understanding and acceptance of the autistic community. And now, here's your neurodivergent host, Orion Kelly. Welcome back, my friend. Great to have you along. Appreciate your time. I'm Orion Kelly, that autistic guy. I'm all about helping you raise your level of understanding, acceptance, and appreciation of the autistic community. If that sounds like something you're interested in, well, you can join me in so many ways. I have just the most amazing YouTube community. It's basically like your own personal community group, your support group. So find me on YouTube, the Orion Kelly, That Autistic Guy YouTube channel, my primary channel, and also obviously this podcast made specifically for my purpose-built, dedicated video podcast YouTube channel, which is Orion Kelly Podcasts. Or you may just be listening to this podcast and not looking at me, which I think is a much better option. Well done, you. (laughs) Listening to uh, My Friend Autism, wherever you get your podcast. Either way, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. On this video podcast... We're going to go back into the mind of an autistic person and hopefully give you a little bit of experience on what it is autism feels like. We've done part one, we've done part two, and now the video podcast turned to the third, maybe not the final, but the, the third instalment of Autism Feels. The idea of getting some sort of understanding. Why? Well, if you understand something, I reckon you'll appreciate it better. You'll appreciate it more. So if people understand people, they appreciate the people more. That's kind of the vibe. So we'll explore that. I'll, and this is through the lens of obviously my experiences. I'll share my lived experiences as an autistic person on a neurotypical planet. And you may be wondering if you've checked out my channels and socials and maybe even if you're watching this video and you can see stuff in the background that Autism Feels is actually also the title of a book I put out. Now, I won't talk about this for too long but presumably you're listening or watching me because you like what I do so I'm just going to go ahead and assume that you're a fan of what I do and you want to know stuff about me so almost two years ago the journey started to writing a book it's been an an incredibly intensive journey I don't know I don't at this point I don't know if I ever ever have it in me to do it again (laughs) but I think people say that about a lot of things kids, every stuff like that. Uh, anyway, this is the book. If you're watching this video podcast, you can clearly see it. If you're listening, you can't. I'm basically holding up a copy of my book. If you're listening and you can't see it, look up. I hope <laughs> that painted a picture. Uh, it's called Autism Feels, An Earthling's Guide. And this book is my heart and soul. And it is, my, I've done my best. If you're, again, if you're watching, you can see that I'm showing you the front of the, of, the, of the book, which obviously has a picture of me and the title on the back, which has the back of me. That's right. The back, of the, the back cover is a picture of the back of my head. Why? Well, I thought if the front of my head's on the front, why shouldn't the back of my head be on the back? That's my mentality as opposed to 
Uh, every rule that I was not supposed to break, I broke. Uh, this book, again, is not a normal book. It's not just a wall of paragraphs. It's very different. You will, I hope, my goal is that you enjoy the experience of reading this book because I've tried to break it up with many different, many different things to keep your attention and also to keep you entertained and engaged and amused. So you're going to find that. It's just, it's a journey, okay? It's a fun journey. So I make sure we have everything from, you know, look, you can see there's, there's dot points, there's graphs, there's pictures, there's quotes, there's all sorts of things. There's things, that, you know, little diagrams and things, flowcharts. So I really hope you enjoy this book. Just so everyone's clear, at the time of recording this video podcast in late March 2023, we are in the pre-sale phase. Okay, so this book will be, I promise you, will be released worldwide through all the major platforms that I'm sure you're aware of, including the Amazons of this world and all the major platforms. Okay, you'll be able to buy it wherever you are on the planet from the platform that you like or trust the bestest. Okay, so that will be happening, a worldwide release sometime in April, which is also Autism Awareness Acceptance Month. But the reason why I bring up the pre-sale phase is as of right now, if you're listening or watching this podcast right now, if you would like to support an autistic content creator rather than potentially supporting a giant multinational company who will give me a small chunk of change left over from when you buy my book from them, that's just factual. If you want to support an autistic content creator directly, you can go to my website right now which is orionkelly.com.au and you can buy the book as part of the pre-sale, the book that I will personally sign and send to you. Meaning you're supporting me because it's going directly to me and I will personally sign your copy of the book and send it to you. You will get your copy of the book before anyone else on the planet has a chance to buy it through the avenues that they want to do. And I appreciate the other avenues that are going to be selling my book, but factually, if you do want to actually support an autistic content creator, well, this is a good option because you're buying it directly from me. You're getting a personalized uh, package and you know, you're supporting me directly. So the book is Autism Feels. The podcast is Autism Feels. Part three. Let's get going, my friends. Oh, my voice is already shot. <clears throat> All right. Autism feels like your sense of justice, your sense of right and wrong, is somehow, at least seemingly to us, so much stronger than neurotypical people. It feels like if you're autistic, this sense of justice means all wrongs must be righted. Does that make sense? There is right and there is wrong. It feels like you're the only one that actually cares about that mentality, that idea, that justice must be served in all situations. A strong sense of justice, of right and wrong, is what I would class as a real and legitimate autism feels. Now, this can come across black and white. This can come across concrete. Yeah, welcome to autism. The point is, you kind of have this, and this is just my opinion, you can kind of have this belief that neurotypical people will pick and choose when they will fight right and wrong when they will fight for justice, when they see something that is unjust and they stand up or they speak up. There's a pick and choose mentality. Sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't. Ooh, not sure. You know, for me, I struggle to understand that distinction. I don't often see that distinction. Now, of course, I don't believe all rights can be wronged. And 
that was wrong. <laughs> I don't believe that was the not right way it's supposed to come out. You know what I'm saying though, right? I don't believe all wrongs should be righted or can be righted. No, actually, sorry, let me say that again. I do believe all wrongs should be righted, but I don't believe that's possible. So I get that, but I still have the reaction that, whoa, I'll still try, I guess is the point. So a strong sense of justice, which I guess you can say flows through to the idea that autistic people can be real sticklers with rules. rules, And I don't mean, I'm talking about the general kind of way of of justice and fairness, the rules that are associated with that. Okay, so if there's someone, something that's unjust or bullying, harassment, those kind of things, a real strong sense of making sure these are adhered to and calling them out when they're not. Now, that obviously has a bad impact on relationships because as autistic people, we don't always, uh, well, very rarely are aware that in doing so, we may be alienating or offending someone that's important to us. Well, look, if, you, if there's a rule, if, something's, if something you've done is unjust, then, you, then you're going to need to know that. I'm going to bring you up on that and you're going to fix it. Does that make sense? It's a really interesting part of being autistic. I've always struggled with being able to let things go from this point of view. Like, just, just let things go. Now, Ryan, just let it go, mate. Just don't, who cares? Just move on. And there is that, that psychological uh, mindset I mean, like if you saw a therapist or a psychologist, they would kind of talk to you about, you know, you can't get stuck in that, that maze, that cycle, that circle, that trap of righting wrongs or of fighting for what you think is right or wrong. Because, it, it, I mean, I guess the point is, well, then it just becomes a life of suffering because you're stuck in that maze, that trap, that cycle of, I'm always being wronged and they should be they should be righted, but they're not being, and I'm just I can't get past this. Right. So and that's a vicious cycle too. Autism feels like authority must be questioned. Questioning authority is actually natural. It's actually a necessary part of life to question authority. To question societal norms, rules, regulations. It just feels natural. I don't think there's anything malicious about it. I I genuinely don't. I don't see there to be anything malicious or uh, anything that should be taken as uh, arrogant, egotistical, uh, I'm better than you, anything like that. It just doesn't come from a brain that's like that. It just isn't the case. It's a, I think it comes down to, well, if you have an autistic child or you know an autistic person in your life, why? It's probably a word you hear a lot. That's questioning authority. You need to do this now. Why? It's important we do this now. Why? What? So, and it isn't because they want to ask a rhetorical question. And it may be even more frustrating if you have an autistic person in your life, maybe you're not autistic, that you realize I can't answer this question. And if I did answer this question, I know that the answer is going to be an answer that's only going to provide more energy to the autistic person because the why is kind of a joke. It's kind of an irrelevant why. Why? And you think about it, well, actually, there isn't really any point, is it? Well, the point is we, the why, the point is because everyone else does it that way or this is what we've always done or this is what's supposed to be acceptable in society. A title doesn't negate our need to question the authority, the directions, the rules. 
Okay, great. You're my dad. This is my experience with my son. You're my dad. Great. Doesn't mean I have to listen to you. Well, I, no, mate, you do. Right, you do because I'm your dad. It's my. I always say I don't say I'm your dad and I'm the boss. I say I'm your dad, and it's my job to keep you safe and to to teach you things about life. It's my job to help you grow into a person who can, you know, go out into the real world and live their life. So you do have to listen to me for those reasons. Doesn't matter. It, it, the title doesn't help. It, why would he bother? He doesn't need to listen to me. People would go, well, every kid should listen to their parent, and if they're not, then you're just not being a good parent. You need to discipline them. It's, everyone needs to be taught right and wrong in behaviour. But autistic kids work, operate on a completely different level to, to neurotypical kids. Not that I think that the majority of disciplinary techniques used by parents on neurotypical kids is anything, is anything more than basic animal behavioural science. You're treating children like animals to the point where what you're doing is you're allowing them to grow into themselves slowly, seeing the boundaries, and then breaking them. Cross a boundary, break them. Cross another boundary, break them. To the point where they become just like you, another living, breathing human that is completely broken to the point of being anything remotely like the person they were born to be, anything individual or different. They're just another schlep, cookie-cutter human who's going to go ahead and do nothing until they die. And isn't that good? God, that went dark real quick. Apologies. So autism feels like you're the only one that actually cares about why directions and rules are made and who gets to control them. And in the end, isn't that what it's all about? It's about control. Good or bad. You know, there's different reasons why it's important, but good or bad, it is. Authority is about control. You're questioning authority because you don't understand why they need you to do this or why they want this control. And there's different reasons. And we, we can't get a... Seriously, I don't want you to think that I am because I'm not, and I don't think it's appropriate to lump this all into one giant banner that all authority is simply out to control us and, you know, we, uh, we must strike against the good authorities and stuff. I mean, I just, that's just not, I mean, that is, isn't true. You can make a point for everything, but, you know, life isn't, isn't like a one-off perception. So, you know, just goes down this rabbit hole of conspiracies and I'm, I'm not interested in that. Autism feels like you only experience emotions in the extreme. Now, I guess this is different for everyone. Like I said, there's not a single piece of content that I've ever released, podcasts or videos, that aren't through the lens of my lived experiences. I'm not talking for anyone else. I'm talking for myself. People relate. They resonate. Great. They don't. They don't. That's fine. But autism feels like you experience emotions in the extreme and there's nothing in between. So, see what I'm saying? There's extreme emotions or there's no emotions. I'm nothing or I'm angry. I'm nothing or I'm happy. I'm nothing or I'm sad. Now, maybe that comes down to a couple of factors. One could be the idea that we find, and it's part of being an autistic person, we find it hard sometimes to identify and convey our own emotions or identify 
understand, relate to, and convey back an understanding of the emotions of others. So maybe we feel strong emotions because we're unaware of the emotions we're feeling at other times. But the reason why I say it like this is because I'm not ever kind of happy. I'm not ever kind of angry. I'm either nothing or I'm crazy angry. I'm either nothing or I'm blissfully happy. I'm either nothing or I'm absolutely devastatingly flat and sad. I don't feel it in small degrees. It's, it's one or the other. And that can, come, that can be quite confronting for people that have autistic people in their life because it kind of feels like we snap, we just change. Now, we don't. There's, there's a build-up. But again, if you can't identify and convey emotions leading up to the snapping, it looks like you snapped. We didn't. We just couldn't convey them and understand them and therefore there was no build-up. You weren't aware of the build-up. Regardless, though, emotions can be really tricky. And, you know, people can ask me, how are you going? And unless I'm angry or happy or sad, I'm like, I don't know. How, you, how do you feel? The running joke I have with my wife, how do you feel? I don't know. Empty. <laughs> Numb. It's, that's the best I've got for you. <laughs> Autism feels like your default setting is executive dysfunction. So rather than executive function, as an autistic person, I feel like my default setting is executive dysfunction. Now, executive function is a set of cognitive skills. What does that mean? Well, autistic people have a neurodevelopmental disability condition. All right, so it isn't an intellectual developmental condition. It's a neurodevelopmental condition. Now, a set of cognitive skills go hand in hand with neurodevelopment. So clearly... The baseline, the starting point for an autistic person is going to be executive dysfunction. We're going to struggle with executive functioning. It feels like you're not actually connected. You're not aligned with time and space to the extent that you see people are around you, neurotypical people. Now, I've done a couple of YouTube videos recently on this type of stuff. So on the executive function or what we like to call uneven productivity for autistic adults and you know go and check out the the video if you'd like i really delve into all the facets of how we struggle with executive function as autistic adults and also strategies on how to get around those this isn't the podcast for that we can do that at another time but if you really want to delve into that go and check out that video it's very very new here's another one Autism feels like you're more interested and reliant on details and inner workings to do things and complete tasks. In other words, if you want me to do something or I've got to do something or that there are things to be done, I have a need, an actual need. It isn't just like a feeling. I have a need to know the details, the inner workings. Now, this isn't the why. The why is why you're doing it. Okay, that's why I'm doing it. Okay. Now, the details are how is it going to work? It's the why and the how. This is important to me. I'm a details guy. I hear it from my wife all the time. You have to know the minutia of everything. And a lot of times she'll say now, before she even gets into the conversation, this is all I know. 
I haven't asked any more questions. I don't know any further information. This is all I know. And this is what I want to tell you. Because she knows if she tells me something, my brain will automatically develop many, many questions. And I'll, I'll just fire them at her. And again, you shouldn't be offended by this. I'm not trying to offend anyone or make anyone feel bad. And also, you shouldn't feel like you're being interrogated. You know, because people do. It's just not, that's not the case. My autistic brain has heard something and requires further details and information. One, and this is important for parents and carers, one, because I don't actually understand it the way you think I do. And I need more to understand it. Or sometimes I need you to say it a few times differently before it sinks in. It's repetitive to you, but it's not to me. I'm trying to get it. Okay. So it's the, it's the questions being fired off that are coming across like an interrogation. They're not. They're one, like I said, just to understand it. And two, because to connect these details, I may need details to fill in the blanks. This is a big thing for me. And it is for, it is for my son as well, my autistic son. It's really interesting. I don't know what, what your experiences are, but it's almost like we require a motivation or a purpose behind the thing or the task. So it's not that we're lazy or we're trying to be trying to be hard to work with or deal with. It's that to do a task, do a thing. There's there's a want there's a wanting to know why, but there's also a wanting to know how. Details. Fill in the gaps. What's the point of this? But why are we doing this? Okay, you've you've told me this is the why, but the how also is part of the why. You know, the details explain the motivation behind it. To just say, do this, I don't know what your success rate is if you have an autistic person in your life, but I can't, I can't think, see it being very good. Autism feels like our need for detail is actually disproportionate to non-autistic people. And this can be frustrating for everyone. You think it's frustrating for you guys if you're getting questions fired at you. Imagine it for us. Imagine if every single interaction we have, regardless of who it's with or what it's about, we, for the most part, require more details than you have or were prepared to give or want to give. So sure, it's okay, great. It's frustrating for you. Imagine being the autistic person. We can't get out of this though. Like every interaction, every interaction, we need that extra details, a disproportionate level of details than the person providing us, you know, with the information. And that's a reality on virtually every, every interaction and every task every day of our lives. Another one. Autism feels like your passions and interests are viewed by non-autistic people as strange, weird, childish, stupid, boring. He has such unusual interests. And you've heard about this before with autistic people. Some people refer to them as special interests. Others refer to them as intense interests, passions. I don't think there's an issue with how you refer to them. I think the point is that as a rule, autistic people, we aren't really hobby people. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, social people with regards to the things that we're passionate about. The things we want to do are the things that we're passionate about. Okay, so we call them special interests. We want to spend our time really engrossed on our special interest, our passion, our intense interest. And because of that, it's a very deep dive. We can come across obsessive. But 
I have experienced perceptions where people feel like the passions of autistic people are a little bit strange. And it might be because of their age, because of their gender, because of their cultural background, because of their family history or whatever. There's many reasons. But for some reason, it seems like a lot of people think autistic people's special interests, their passions, their genuine interests are, are weird, strange. Could be childish. Why is an adult interested in that? That's kind of, it's kid stuff. What do you mean? You know, oh, wow, geez, that's, that seems a bit of a boring topic. You really, you're obsessed with this topic. It's pretty boring, you know. Well, that's just plain stupid. Imagine that. Imagine if the one thing that you're genuinely passionate about, which you can talk to people about and use as a way of actually being able to connect and interact. Imagine if that, even that is judged in a negative way. Next one. Autism feels like you're not autistic. This is, this is a thing. Autism can feel like you're not autistic. And the whole diagnosis is just one, one big joke to mess with you, right? This is called imposter syndrome. Again, this may be more specifically relevant to adults who were late diagnosed, to late diagnosed autistic people. There may be some autistic people who were diagnosed very early in life, who have high support needs, who have no issue in knowing and having people believe that they're different, that they're autistic. But of course, that's based on a generalized premise of what autism is, right? Well, it must be that you're a boy and you're non-speaking and you have high support needs and anyone else isn't really autistic. Being autistic makes you feel like you're not autistic. And that's because that's, you know, a lot of times that is on the, the, the perceptions and the remarks of others. And I still get this. I legitimately still get comments in YouTube videos from presumably, I'm presuming they're parents or carers of autistic kids. I still get comments where they'll say, you know, give us a break, mate, give us a break. I've got an autistic son and he's non-speaking and he's high support needs and he has this issue and that issue and, you know, he's autistic. You're, you're, you know, you're not really autistic. Now, I don't know what that's supposed to achieve. I don't know what the point of that is. I never once said, I'm your son or I'm your daughter. Never once. Never once. What I did say, though, is I'm all about helping you raise your level of understanding, acceptance and appreciation of the autistic community, which includes your child, your partner, your friend. So all I'm trying to do is help people understand autism to a more sophisticated degree to help the lives of people like your child or partner. So I never understand the premise of that. I'm just trying to help here, mate. I'm just, you're the one who's making an issue. You're the one who's making it harder by spreading this ridiculous misinformation. Do you want to, do you want to meet the professor of psychiatry, the internationally recognized professor of psychiatry who had the sessions with me and made the diagnosis and put it down in, do you want to make, I mean, seriously. All right, let's move on. Autism feels like you're constantly having to explain yourself and justify your actions, regardless of how many times you've explained yourself previously. Oh, man, take a breath if you're autistic and give me an amen. Seriously. 
explaining and justifying. It doesn't matter how many times I've tried to explain I'm autistic. (coughs) There I go again. I'm autistic. And that I can be different to other people because I'm autistic and then being forced to justify why I'm different, why it's a legitimate part of being autistic. And then the next day, having to do it all over again to the same people. Let alone the fact that every day, every day it's like it's like coming out. Every day. You meet new people, right, as a rule. Maybe you don't, but sometimes you've got to, you've got to disclose again, I'm autistic. Just say, just say, you know, yeah, I'm autistic. I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Be offended. This is how I, how I think or interact or communicate. Like every single damn day. It's bloody horrible. But can you imagine having to explain yourself for being you? Having to justify why you're different every day to the same people and to new people. It's horrible. It's like, can you imagine, let's say you, you use a wheelchair. Can you imagine having to explain every day why you use a wheelchair every time you use a wheelchair? Because as an autistic person, you pretty much have to explain every day why you're doing something differently every time you do something differently. Yeah, that's a deep one. You know, autism, it can feel like social challenges and mistakes are intentional. Huh? Autistic people, as part of the diagnostic criteria, have challenges disproportionately to non-autistic people with social interaction and communication. There's nothing intentional about... Our challenges, our so-called mistakes, our way of communicating and interacting differently. Yet, being autistic, it feels like no matter what you do, people are just going to think, that's intentional. He's just rude. She's just arrogant. They just don't know how to play nice, be a good team player. Everything is just, they're just not a good person. They're just bad. They're broken. It just couldn't be further from the truth. And, you know, social interaction and communication being such a profound challenge for autistic people, and everyone, every autistic person is different. It's, it creates so much mental, mental health strain, right? The anxiety and the stress and the pressure of going to these situations. And remember, to get into these situations, we have already overcome many barriers. We're leaving a safe place. We are diverting from the routine the routines and the interests and the passions that regulate us and keep us grounded. We're going into unusual environments. They could be environments that are overstimulating, understimulating, provide many different challenges. We're going into these, in many ways, in an autistic brain mind, a war zone, and then still being, still being treated like everything we're doing as a result of all these challenges is because we want to. Because we want to. 
Who want? Who would want to? Who would want to go into a social interaction and have everyone think they're intentionally being a douche? They're intentionally bad at this or arrogant or rude or standoffish or aloof or whatever you want to say. Who? Not me. Last one. Autism feels like you are bad at everything. And this is a good last one. This this brings it all together. Seriously, no matter how hard you try, we always seem to fail. Things always go bad. This, I, I still say this to my wife most days. Seriously, I'm so sick of being so crap at everything. Everything I do seems to go bad. Why can't I just do things well or easily? Why can't anything just be easy? Why can't anything just go well? Why? Seriously, it's ridiculous. And this is different to everyone. From my point of view, I look at it like this. Why should I even bother? I'm I'm done. I'm sick of bothering. I should I just want to withdraw from everything. I do. I just want to pull myself out of everything. I'm sick to death of feeling like I am bad at everything. And no matter how hard I try, every single time, every single day I seem to fail or things go bad. I'm done. I can't do it. Seriously. You know, you get to middle age or your 30s or whatever and you honestly feel like an 80-year-old. You are, you are just busted up, right? You just don't know how you can keep going. You're tired. You're tired of life right down to your bones. That's how autism feels to me from my lived experiences. Can you relate? Let me know. I'd, I'd love to know. You can go to the website and email me. You can put it in the comments and in the YouTube channel, whatever. Either way, though, I really hope that that provided you with some insights and lived experiences on not what autism is, but how it actually feels being an autistic person living on a neurotypical planet. My Friend Autism with Orion Kelly. Catch up on all the episodes at orionkelly.com.au. I am super grateful for your time. Seriously. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, for listening and watching the content. And please, if it's resonated, share it with your family and friends. We can reach more people. Uh, Check out the website, as you've just heard. Check out my social platforms, my YouTube channel, Orion Kelly, That Autistic Guy. Clearly, this is on my podcast channel, Orion Kelly Podcasts. Uh, I'm so grateful for your support. I'm so grateful to have you in this community until the next podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll catch up soon. You've been listening to My Friend Autism with Orion Kelly. To join the conversation, get in touch with Orion and binge all the podcasts, blogs and videos, visit orionkelly.com.au.